The Big Ten has plenty of recruiting updates to get to commitments already made, some coming up as well. And also, we'll get into the latest betting lines with Matt Sheehan, who's here on the show. You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. You're listening into Locked On Big Ten. We're going to go over some recruiting updates here with John Garcia Jr., who joins us on the call. John's brought to us by LinkedIn. LinkedIn Jobs is the official college football recruiting sponsor across the Locked On College Network. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Terms and conditions apply. John, it's good to have you back here on the show. The football season's just around the corner. I want to talk to you in a minute here about what that's going to look like as teams actually start getting recruits on campus for games. But first, a couple of individual names that I want to get to. One commit and then one commit that's going to be announced here later on today. First, let's get to the commitment that we had recently to Michigan State. Jalen Thompson, defensive lineman, a four-star recruit who ends up committing to the Spartans. I want to get to the recruiting class the Spartans have as a whole in a minute, but just tell us a little bit more on this guy and what he's about on the field. Yeah. Thompson is your modern day edge rusher, right? He's, you know, six, four, 240 pounds or so great off of the snap of the football uh, and certainly has developed some moves thereafter. I think, you know, his, his frame could suggest a lot of things. I think he could stay relatively trim or really bulk up and be more of a hand in the dirt type of player, but you can't have enough pass rushers on your roster. So Michigan State is, is building that, of course, through the portal and, and certainly from the traditional high school recruiting ranks. And Johnson is a really nice get. I mean, Cast Tech, where he plays, is maybe the first school that comes to mind when you talk about high school football in the state of Michigan. So always important to keep those kids within state lines. And if you look at the finalists, you know, he said it was Ohio State, Cincinnati, and Michigan State. So at least optically, you, you get a really nice, impressive win over a couple of teams that are, of course, you know, recruiting rivals in, in that Big Ten Midwestern footprint, if you will, with OSU and UC. So I think that bodes well uh, for Sparty there as well. And look, there's a ton of connections between Cast Tech and Michigan State. You know, not only a, a, about a billion players that have, have gone from one to the other, but from the coaching perspective, multiple former Cast Tech uh, employees are now at MSU, including uh, the coach from Cast Tech a couple years ago. You know, so naturally, MSU had the inside track in this recruitment for quite some time. But it still is worth noting that they finished the job and and got him on the commitment list. Uh, so now there's there's three or four really nice edge rushers in this class for Michigan State. There's certainly some some big fish still out there for the Spartans and including on the defensive line, but you certainly like where you're at with the cloud, the class that has been built thus far, especially in the trenches uh, under Mel Tucker in, in 2023. Yeah. I was looking and you see a whole lot of four-star recruits right there in that class. They're ranked right now. Things were of course ending today, 20th in the nation, but things are far from over still. Uh, where do you see this class going right now? Because I, I was looking at the list of names here and seeing him as, I think it was like 11th best ranked recruit that they have brought in, even in this class. I was thinking they were all right, doing pretty good. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I think the trench class has been great. There's certainly some big fish that are, that are still out there for Michigan state. And I think they'll be judged on their ability to compete for the, you know, the David Hicks's of the world. Samson Okunlola on the offensive line is, is the best offensive tackle in the country for us at sports illustrated. So naturally heavy hitters in that recruitment. So there's, there's some potential icing on the cake recruitments still out there for MSU, but I do think the foundation uh, again, especially in the trenches, looks really, really strong. They've they've hit the wide receiver uh, class as well. They've got their quarterback, Bo Edmondson, from down in Texas. So a balanced group uh, being brought uh, to East Lansing, I think, uh, again, going forward, wrapping up the trench classes with maybe those two big fish, five stars, All-Americans, however you want to look at it, and then balancing out the class from, from a numbers perspective, maybe a little bit more in the back seven defensively and, and another skill position player or two can be really the beginning of the end uh, to this class. Cause we know the portal is going to factor in here, uh, you know, sooner rather than later. And, and look, we're already seeing kids jumping in the portal because of, uh, of these fall camp battles that are getting uh, decided across the country. So really strong class, another top 25 group. It looks like for Mel Tucker and company, and, and there's still some, some big fish ahead that could sway even more perception uh, towards Mel Tucker and company. What's the ceiling for them? I mean, as far as like just actual recruiting class, like even just ranking here or even yeah. more put it into words that you want to, too, when you were saying like just the strengths and what they've had. You know, every school is taking, you know, a specific number of players. It looks like Michigan State's going to be, maybe in that 20 range, 22 range of, of recruits. So I think if you hit on some of the big fish and fill out the class there, I think you've got a potential to threaten the top 10. You know, it's, it's obviously, a, you know, a high ceiling and uh, a target list with, with some of these recruits that are still out there. And there's probably still a lot of time between now and when they're going to make their decisions. But I think, yeah, if you hit on all your top targets, you can threaten a top 10 class, but I think uh, conversely, the floor is is probably safely within the top 25. And I think if you're a Michigan State fan, that's right about where you need to be because, you know, again, the portal is going to supplement and the development we're starting to see at Michigan State is going to supplement as well. Let's move on. An announcement coming later today from Cameron Lenhart. He's a guy out of Florida, edge rusher that we keep talking about here today. What is it that has brought him to these Big Ten schools and do you know at all where he's leaning? Again, that announcement coming up, I think it's like 5.30, 6.30 later on tonight, depending on where you're at. Yeah, Cam at, at IMG Academy, a team captain down there. So it tells you a lot about his his mental makeup and his ability to practice hard. Some of the things we don't talk about enough in, in talking college football recruiting. But yeah, obviously a great prospect on top of that. Uh, originally from New Jersey, so kind of the Big Ten footprint was was really where his recruitment has kind of always been been projected uh, to end. Uh, Penn State jumped in uh, at one point. Uh, certainly Nebraska is the favorite going into the verbal commitment. And then if you track the visits, that's the only official he took in the summer. So if you, you're looking at it from a tangible perspective, you got to feel really good about Nebraska's chances, especially relative to the timeline. You know, he's going to pop here right, right before the season gets going for that for the Huskers and, and that game in Dublin so I, I do think that Nebraska is probably in the best shape for them and, and they're another program that is recruiting really well um, I think a lot of folks see see the energy there uh, the portal class was really strong last year there's there is a sense of optimism in Lincoln of course they lost all those close games last year so there's there's a sense of if things break the right way 
not only could Scott Frost hold on to his job, which is, you know, from a national perspective, what we're talking about the most, but this can actually be a nice season and it will of course be reciprocated uh, in the talent acquisition department. But I think either way, you know, Cam Linhart is, is leaning that way in a pretty big way. If he pushed it back and delayed his recruitment, maybe, you know, Penn state and some of these others uh, get more involved. Uh, but I do think the the sooner the better for the Huskers. And obviously the plan is for Thursday night. So I think he is a uh, big 10 bound for sure. We'll find out again by this time tomorrow where he ends up going. But as we get into the season, you mentioned Nebraska has a game in Ireland coming up. I don't think recruits are going to be going to that one. But after that, it will be time to actually get into one of the coolest parts for the recruits, going to games, seeing campuses while there are students there, teams there, and being able to get a little bit of experience of what it may be like. What is some of those biggest games that we're going to see? I mean, you have Ohio State, Notre Dame in that first week. You have Penn State playing Purdue in that first week. As far as like some of the biggest recruits that are going to be coming in like the first few games of the season for Big Ten teams, what do we know already about what's going to be some of the, those big opportunities? Yeah, I mean, obviously every Big Ten home game is is going to be well sourced from a recruiting standpoint, but really nationally, this Ohio State Notre Dame game is is the one. I mean, that's the one where you see kids already two, three, four weeks ago saying, "Hey, like I want to get to that game." So not only in this class of 2023, but I think even the young recruits, 2024, 2025, maybe even beyond, will be sort of clamoring to get to that game. So it'll be interesting to see how Ohio State handles that and how Ryan Day and company prioritize certain recruits because there's only so much time you have during a game day weekend, because obviously you've got to game plan, you know, the pregame stuff, who's available, injury report, or, you know, media obligation, um, the last film reviews is really hard to uh, use that time management to your advantage. But, you know, Ohio State is obviously experienced in that department. And, and yeah, the, uh, the, the vis- visitor list is growing by the day, but there's already some really, really big headliners. Not only will many of the Buckeye commitments come back home, I guess, quote unquote, but a lot of the top uncommitted recruits in America will be there, including prospects at the biggest position of need for Ohio State, which is pass rusher. You're going to have Keon Keeley, who's the number one pass rusher in the country, and ironically, a former Notre Dame commitment. He'll be on campus. And then depending on where you look, the number two or three uncommitted uh, pass rusher in America, Damon Wilson from Venice High School in Florida, he'll also be in the horseshoe for, for that game. So uh, satisfying the biggest position of need for Ohio State is, is a really big deal. And they're going to get that in-person impression. And then, of course, those kids will get time with Larry Johnson thereafter. So I think Ohio State's class is going to wind up uh, just fine, as, as it always seemingly does. But, yeah, it's going to be a huge, huge visit weekend uh, in Columbus. And, and I can't wait to see that final list. It'd be huge for a lot of reasons. That weekend start off the season for Ohio State against Notre Dame. If you want to know about a recruit, John Garcia Jr. is – going to be able to tell you at least a little bit about him. And that's why we bring him here on the show to talk about all the recruiting stuff that we do here in the Big Ten. John, thanks as always for taking the time again to join us on the show. We'll talk to you again soon. Sounds good, Ned. Thanks for having me. Thanks again for making Locked On Big Ten your first listen every weekday. The Ultimate College Football Preview is here, a seven-episode preview with college experts, local experts, and Odyssey College Football Preview Insiders. It's everything you need to be ready for the college football season in one spot. The Big Ten episode is out, so go check it out. 
I'm there to talk about Big Ten stuff as well as some of the Big Ten hosts from around the network. You can go listen in on it right now. And also search for the Ultimate College Football Preview on your Odyssey app, YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts to find it there too. Let's get back into things. We got Matt Sheehan in on the show to break down the weekend of games in the Big Ten and how exactly Bet Online sees things as we take a look at the betting lines here on the game. All right, you tuned in to Locked On Big Ten alongside Matt Sheehan. Locked On Spartans in with us. I'm Nate Dickinson. We got football this weekend, which means we got lines to look at, games to go over. Matt, it is finally, finally here. I've been pumping everybody up just with any Big Ten sport that's been happening over the last couple of weeks. But now we get to the gridiron in Ireland of all places on Saturday. But we'll we'll get to that in a minute. But we're finally back to the point where we can get back to all the betting lines, of course, provided to us by Bet Online. God, what a time to be alive, Nate. Hey, look, this offseason was fun for the Big Ten, right? We're adding teams. Uh, they're getting trillions upon zillions of dollars in network deals. There's a lot of transfers going on, a lot of storylines. But you know what? Nothing beats just actually talking about actual football. So let's just get into it. Of course, the home of Big Ten football, Dublin, Ireland, hosts the first game of the season for us as, you know, poetry tells us. So that's what a, what a beautiful way to start the year, baby. Woo! Listen, it's going to be a really, really interesting season for sure. And a real interesting game to start off to uh, Nebraska and Northwestern right now, at least I mentioned that Nebraska is getting a little bit of hype here, but any sort of slip up here at any point, the start of the season and all that kind of goes away. I think right away right now here, though, they're 13 and a half point favorite. It's gone up. It was 13 earlier in this week, but at least where that stands right now, I'm interested to see where you're at because that's a lot of points. It is a ton of points. And actually, like this morning, I was thinking, you know, as I always do, I start every morning thinking about Nebraska football. I was thinking, like, well, what if Nebraska does lose this game? Like, that, that stuff just entered my head. Like, is Scott getting left overseas? Is he getting left across the Atlantic Ocean? Like, I, I don't, it'd be a really bad start because this is a team, obviously, as we all know that lost nine games last year, all by single digits. And the way they lost got so contagious that by the time, oh, what, mid-October rolled around, November rolled around, like they just couldn't help but to stay in their own way. So getting a win in week one in Dublin, Ireland, whether it's by two points, 42 points, they just need a win in the worst way possible. I think it comes, obviously, 13 points. You're not labeled that heavy of a favorite for no good reason. Vegas knows what they're talking about. They got a great quarterback transfer in Casey Thompson, a lot of good wide receiver recruits. They also brought in who I think is a dynamic offensive coordinator. Now, of course, with all that said, you still got to connect all those dots together. That's a lot of chemistry that has to happen in one off season right off the jump, but I'm expecting a good year for Nebraska. I've been sipping that red Kool-Aid at a alarming rate, even though the last few seasons of Scott Frost football has obviously taught me to not take any hype but i am a sucker for it i'm all in and also on the contrary too i still see it with northwestern this year I, I don't i'm sorry i know they return you know a good amount of starters on offense but is that an offense that we want to see a lot of starters return on i i, I don't necessarily know so yes if, if i'm making a pick right now after that rambling right there I'm going to take Northwestern. I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'm going to take Nebraska minus 13 on the proverbial road in Dublin, Ireland. So yes, Huskers minus 13. They're going to get it done because I don't think they're going to let their foot off the gas either because Scott Frost has to show his team that 
hey, we're not just good this year. We can be great. If we're up 25 points going into the fourth quarter, let's make it 35. Let's make it 45. So I, I think that there's not going to be a lot of nice play here. Scott Frost is going to score as many points as humanly possible, even if the game's done by the fourth quarter. That's where I'm at. I think you mentioned the biggest thing for me. It's that I don't really know how good Nebraska is yet, but I'm fairly confident that there's a pretty decent gap between where these two teams are going to be yeah. at least for the length of the season, right? So yeah. when you look at it that way, you throw this into a situation like this where you're in Ireland, you, you don't know like just physically what people are going to be like when they've gone that far and trying right. to play a football game. But also when you throw all that together with the fact that it's just a weird, unique situation where you're also kind of spending the week being a tourist, I'm sure, at some points while trying to get through and get ready for a football game too. It's really just kind of something where I think if your team's that much better than whoever you're playing, you are got a pretty good chance of just kind of blowing things out of the water. First game of the season in a normal situation, but when you're doing it in this kind of neutral site special event deal i i really think that does make some sort of difference here but more than anything it's yeah. the reason why i think it's going to make a difference in the actual final score is because i think nebraska is that much better but yeah i'm at 13 and a half points i would love to see it get up to 14 and, and then sure. be able to take that side of things too but we'll, we'll see i don't know exactly what the line's actually going to be able to do but if i'm someone who's like on the fence there if you're Waiting to get to 14, that's a whole different story, of course. But I, yeah. I like it. I like it at 13 and a half points, too. I'm taking Nebraska as well. No doubt about it. And it, it, look, if Nebraska's going full board, pedal to the metal, they're racking up as much points as possible. I, I don't know how much I trust Northwestern playing from behind. Like the, the only redeeming quality of that offense is running back Evan Hull, who I think is is very good. And yes, he can catch balls out of the backfield. He can be part of this passing game. But returning, back, returning quarterback Ryan Holinsky, I, I just don't know how much I really necessarily trust him. Again, I, I know he's a returning starter, but what's that saying? Uh, you know, it, it was not a offense that we look back waxing poetically about for the Wildcats last season. Also, can I throw this out there too? Bet Online has the total set at 50. And Nate, you know how much I love my over-unders. We're going over 50. This number seems ridiculous. That's a high number. But, again, Vegas knows what they're talking about. And and ever since Scott Frost has been on campus at Nebraska, well, since returning to campus, I should say, first game of the season for the Huskers has gone over 50 points each and every one of those years. Uh, now, is that because their offense is usually clicking early? Yes. Is it also on the contrary that maybe their defense is not clicking early and their opponents are racking up a lot of points? It was to say, maybe that could be the case, but regardless, they fly past the 50 point mark in week one. They start hot. The only thing I'd maybe give a little pause to is what you said. It is odd flying across the Atlantic, playing in Ireland. Uh, that adds a weird X factor. So that brings it down from a two unit bet to just a, a we bet responsibly here, a, a one unit bet. But yes, I do like the over 50 points for this game as well. I did look up on the show. We talked about the last two games that you've played in Ireland, just D1 football games. The Okay. We're both also season opening. Teams on average score four points less than their season average, whatever they get to Ireland and play that game. I, again, that can be partly just opening up the season, whatever it is with the travel, but that that's uh, not insignificant. But uh, it's, again, a really small sample size, too. 
And I did leave out the third game that they played most recently in 2012 and Notre Dame put scored 50 on Navy. Shoot. (laughs) But look at that research though. Only on lockdown big 10. Are you getting this (laughs) deep of a dive on a game in Dublin, Ireland? Look at us go. Oh God. You can just tell me can't wait for football here. Here we are just combing through old Ireland college football records here. Maybe (laughs) just the air's a little thicker over there. The ball doesn't travel as well. I don't know. That could be completely made up. I have no idea. Um, find out on Saturday. On I don't know. I just think it matters a little bit. The actual, not even if it's just the travel, but you get into the stadium, it's just a new kind of environment. You don't know what it's going to be like yeah. in there. It's just a whole lot of different reasons on top of it being the first game of the year for things to just not go according to plan on offense. I see a lot of ways for it to not work out. I am taking the under in this one, but yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Fair. Hey, look at us divide. We usually agree on a lot of bats. Look at us being divided right now. Some debate on the podcast. Whew, look at us. We got Illinois too, minus 11 and a 44 point over under against Wyoming. I don't know. What do you think about any of that stuff with the Illini right now? I, I, w- I will not touch that total of 44 just because I, I quite simply do not know. Uh, however, however, I'm going to cowboy up, Nate. I, I am going to take Wyoming plus 11. Uh, Wyoming does return Mountain West second team running back Titus Swen. And also, Wyoming really did not like throwing the football last year. They had one of the steepest margins between running the ball and passing the ball in the nation, of course, skewed more heavily towards running. And also, on the other side of the ball, you got Illinois, who's replacing a good amount of their front seven. They're replacing three starting defensive linemen, I believe two linebackers as well. Again, Wyoming loves to run the ball. And with 11 being that spread right there, this is a trick I used a lot last year on the pod, Nate, is if it's a double-digit spread and a low total, you know, sometimes it just takes one different bounce of the ball away just to keep a double-digit spread in play when the score is supposed to be that low. I think Wyoming hangs around a little bit because of the running game versus Illinois' run defense that they're going to try to see how early that can click with some new faces there. So that's why I'm taking the Cowboys plus 11 uh, here on Saturday, week zero. How fun. I don't know about the line. I don't know what you can expect from Illinois here this season. Um, If I I understand you got to be able to respect Wyoming, and you mentioned a whole lot of things that they have going for them this year, but let's face it, if Illinois is, I think, able to play close to Big Ten football, they're going to be able to win this game pretty handily. Uh, Yeah, sure. I wouldn't touch 11. I I was going to say, if you want to bet the over, you can. I think this might be like, I don't know, yeah. kind of an opposite of a Nebraska Northwestern situation where you do have, I think, an opportunity to score a lot of points if things get out of hand here. But mm-hmm. again, 44 is a low number. I don't know about the spread, but I like over 44. Okay. I like that a lot. And also, like, look, just over is fun to bet on too, you know? Like, uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's just the more fun of the bets to make. And what – I'm going to sit here week zero at 430, watch Illinois, Wyoming, and not make at least one or two bets on this game. Please, no, we're, we are going to be wagering here in week zero. We've been waiting all summer to do this. So, yeah, you know what? I'm telling you, I'm going the over as well. Let's get nuts. Let's yeah, go. I just think that, I mean, if we're talking about first week games, we're talking about games that can get ugly. I think that yeah. Northwestern Nebraska game, if it gets ugly, it gets ugly in a way where there's really not that many points scored. I think if Illinois – and Wyoming gets ugly, it gets ugly in a way where it's just kind of back and forth for four quarters. Yeah, no, honestly, like, okay, Liz, I'm sorry, Illini fans, but Illinois, Wyoming just screams 
grimy, grimy game coming up ahead. Um, with that said, though, we're taking the over still. We're going for it, baby. We are riding into the sun face first. Yeah, it's not It's not a huge – I mean, again, it's 44 points. It's not like a it's huge – It's not crazy. Yeah. It's not a huge confidence boost in the offenses here. But I do, I do think that if they're <laughs> – it has a better chance to be that kind of a weird game than, say, playing in Ireland on who knows what. But anyway. Sure. Yeah. I don't love I don't love anything with the Illinois game, honestly, all that much either. It's a weird, weird game to start off the season for both teams. I love that it's being played, and that's just about it. Um, yeah, <laughs> this, this is going to be a .5 unit bet, uh, both on Wyoming plus 11 and over 44 for me coming up in this one. Just something to wet the beak. Again, we're, we're just trying to grease the gears, getting ready for week one, which is going to be – I can't wait to talk about that week, man. That's going to be a hoot and a half next week. But, hey, week zero, nice little appetizer for us. Let's dip our toes in a little bit. What, what what is your favorite game or favorite look at week one as you take a look at like what teams are looking like and also Michigan yeah. State as well. In those mm-hmm. first few games, they've got some interesting matchups too. Uh, like first month of the season, where are you thinking you're going to be able to really see at first what Michigan State's going to start to be all about? Yeah, before rambling about Michigan State here, the the game that I'm looking forward to the most in week one is like I am obsessed with that Penn State at Purdue game. Like that is going to be awesome. I think that is a wonderful trap situation for Purdue, who has a good amount of hype going in, but also, well, okay, Penn State, it's just another year where they have a lot of hype going in as well. Ross State Stadium is going to be popping. Of course, that was Michigan State's house of horrors last year, so we'll see if it's going to be that for another highly touted Big Ten team. Now, for Michigan State, it, it's a it's a good way to start the season. You have Western Michigan at home, Akron at home. Okay, you, hopefully those are two layups. And then on the road at Washington, which is a great litmus test game because, look, Washington didn't even get any votes in the AP Top 25, you know. But still, at the end of the day, they are a Power 5 team. They do have Michael Penix as their starting quarterback. Kalen DeBoer is the new head coach when, oh, man, Hey, remember when Michael Penix had his best year in 2019? Who was his offensive coordinator? It was Kalen DeBoer. Look at that. So they're reconnecting. They're going to be a spicy team. And anytime you hit the road in college football, it could be uh uh-oh time. Especially as you move one time zone, two time zone, three time zones over across this great nation they call the United States of America. That, That adds a little bit of spice factor to it as well. So it's a winnable game for sure. MSU should win this game, but it's not one you could sleep on. And if they fly back home from Seattle with the win, we're feeling really good about our season. As we go into Big Ten play against Minnesota, they don't have a crazy non-conference schedule. That could be an undefeated matchup to start Big Ten play for both those teams. So look, it's a fun month for us Spartan fans. We start hopefully relaxed you know okay it's two two mac opponents okay we start to ramp up the anxiety we're on the road we're, we're going to washington against the quarterback that has given us fits in the past and then oh my god we could have a minnesota team that lord knows who is going to come into the stadium any given saturday when it comes to minnesota but that's that's the fun of it is that so, what you think yeah. about minnesota right now because like that's, a, that's the game i was Every hinting year. at when i asked the question too it's i mean they've got the ap votes that say they are yep. at least a decent football team but like yep. Michigan's got the expectation to, I think, win that game. If you're asking anybody who's going to be following the Spartans. No doubt about it. And like, look, it's it's just like last year. And I hate to do this whole trope again for a second year in a row, but like I can never figure out Maryland and I can never figure out Minnesota. And this year's the same. Hopefully like by week three or four, we could have some understanding of who they are. 
But, man, Minnesota was a volatile team last year. Yes, they do have Tanner Morgan returning for quarterback for his seemingly 18th year. They have Ibrahim, the running back, that is now healthy again. Hopefully stays healthy the whole season because he's a great running back, a lot of fun to watch. So, okay, that bodes well for the offense right there. But at the same time, like, can the defense find some footing for Minnesota? I, I quite simply don't know. So, yes, of the 14 teams in the Big Ten, I'll happily bet on 12 of them because I got a good understanding of what to expect from all 12 of those teams. But, like, now Maryland – Never figure out Minnesota. I stay away from those games with a 10,000 foot pole because I PJ Fleckball's banana ball, man. I, I never know what to expect any given week. Well, it's going to be really fun to see how this first game plays out. It's a nice little warm up. Yeah. Nebraska it's Northwestern great. to get us going before we have a huge week one. You mentioned a really good game, Penn State, Purdue, of course, Ohio State and Notre Dame is going to be a really, really fun one as well as we get going to start this football season. But another thing we had on the show, I I went over like top games. The first month is really kind of stacked with not only good games, but also really good Big Ten games too, as you go through every week. It'll be fun. Like, I love that they do early Big Ten games now. I was reluctant on it when it started off because, okay, you don't want to get popped week one because you're not prepared or anything like that. But no, I've definitely warmed up to it. I like it a lot, so good, good on you. Was that a Kevin Warren decision? Let's just give him credit anyway. Even if it's not his decision, good on you, Kevin. He's Warren. on fire. He's, He's doing great. Yeah, he can't be stopped. <laughs> he cannot be stopped. <laughs> Matt Sheehan's on Locked On Spartans every single weekday. And then he follows along with us during the football season and takes a look at all the games, of course, every week as we get our lines from Bet Online, as always, here on the show. Uh, Matt, thanks as always for coming on. We're going to have a whole lot to talk about next week as I'm interested to see what some of these lines are going to open up at and then get to by the time we get to the end of the week here. We are going to have 27 best bets for the people next week. It is going to be great. We are going to win maybe so much money. Who's to say? I can't. <laughs> can't thanks, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Matt. We'll talk to you soon. You got it, Nate. You're the man.